Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWorldOnSport.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Hey, good evening, football fans, and welcome to Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode 272. I'm your host, Christopher Jones, and how are you all doing out there? Hey, it's been a busy football week, and we got tons and tons of stuff to do. And you know what? I could rant on a couple. We were talking on a couple subjects off, off air, and anyway, it had nothing to do with football. And I could go on a rant right now, but, you know, we're, we've told before, we said before, we're not going to get political. So I'm not going to go on my little rant about gender neutrality or gender identification issues because they're just bizarre okay so no we step back from the mic whoa hold on there and let's not go there okay so let's talk some football i don't know what to do what's going on here like deron carter can't find a job probably the most talented receiver in the league can't find a job shucks jason moss Getting called out for throwing Gatorade around. Come on, he's entertaining. What else is happening? Oh, Manziel, concussion protocol. Rob Bags is back in Ryderville. Oh, all of these subjects we're going to talk about later on in the show, uh, right after we review the, the four games that are coming up. Yes, four games. It's not a three-game week. It's a four-game week. And wow, it's football season. And uh Power rankings are coming out all over the place. And you know what? Just because you think you know something about football doesn't mean that you have the ability to do some power rankings. We just got a new set of power rankings out by these guys. I don't know who they are, but they're completely out. They got Ottawa in second. Like, come on, seriously? I wouldn't put Ottawa on the top five. You know, the only Western team that they'd be higher than, in my opinion, would be the Riders. And, ugh. I don't know. I don't know. I can't just, I can't see it. I just absolutely can't. How could you put Ottawa in second in a power rankings in the CFL? You can't even put an Eastern team higher than fifth. Uh, I don't know. Come on. Seriously. Obviously there's people out there who just think they can grab a microphone and be a football expert. Oh, kind of what we do. Well, we don't actually ever claim to be experts. We claim to be fans with opinions, and that's really what we are. So you know what? Take it all with a grain of salt, and we'll do some power rankings just because. You know what the hell? Why not? And uh, we'll talk some football here. Who put up this post? Terrell Owen says he can be valuable in the NFL. At what? As a water boy? The guy's 44 years old. Not dissing him or anything else. One of the greatest receivers ever, but come on. You're 44 years old. Shit, you can't do shit like that. Okay, come on. Uh, let's move on and see what we're doing. Oh, look at that. My daughter just tagged me in a quad post. $4,000. Now I don't want it. It's too much money. Okay, sorry. Moving on. Let's open up some mics and talk to the boys. We got the Will and we got Charles online tonight. Charles, go ahead. You're on the air with Let's Talk CFL. Good evening. And it's fun to be back ah. Wednesday because it's fun when it's Wednesday because you know football's right around the corner. But a little bit longer this week because there's no Thursday game. There's no Thursday game. There's a Sunday game. First Sunday game of the year. Yes, that's right. I, I like don't the like Sunday, Sunday games. games, but that's okay. Why not? 
Because then they turn around and make the team play on Thursday. It's stupid. Yeah, that's stupid. You know, I, I don't like stupid. Monday games on long weekends like uh, Labor Day weekend. Let, forget it. Play football, two games Friday night, two games Saturday night, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Let's just get our shit together. And then nobody really has a really short week. Thursday Makes night, sense. Sunday, Monday's ridiculous. I mean, hell, it was a couple of years ago. We had Tuesday night games. Yeah. Deep sigh. I could rant on that one, that's for sure. Oh, Chris is yep. putting in his scores. I guess that means he's not going to make it to the show. He's going to make it to the show. Come on, Chris. Get your shit together. Find us some cell coverage and let's that get going. That might be just in case. Maybe a precaution in case, in case he can't find cell coverage. Uh, I don't know, but his, his scores are pretty close to uh, to Mark's. Hmm. On the first two, anyway. Oh, he, he he picks Edmonton to win. Really, I don't believe that. Over Montreal. Jeez, I don't know. I don't know who's going to be the quarterback. So, where? In Montreal. In Montreal. Or we Edmonton. don't know yet. Oh, yeah. No, we don't know. Well, he's uh, going through protocol, so let's see what happens. Yep. Will, your mic's open, buddy. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm just waiting for football this weekend, and yes, it's going to be a bitch to wait till Friday, but oh well. And then I'll have to interrupt my Sunday and watch a football game, but it's I think it's not till 6 o'clock or something like that, isn't it? Yeah, 6 year time, 4 hours. Yeah, okay. Oh, I wish I lived in BC. The Calgary Saskatchewan game on Sunday. So Yeah, um, four o'clock in uh-huh. the four o'clock in the West. And the B C game Saturday is at one in the afternoon. I'm I'm going down to the coast, so that's gonna suck for me. I'm gonna have to get pick it up on Sirius XM. Mhm. Uh, I don't know. Hey, did you guys see that uh that uh Article by CFL.ca that says Travis Lule is the third best QB in the CFL. Boom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, argue with that. I, yeah, I've always said he's in the top name, three. Name name, a, name another quarterback who's. who's You'll get a fight from Bomber fans. It's too bad Mark's not here, and well, Todd's never here, but well, you get is, a fight from. They'd be jumping up and down, yelling Matt Nichols. You know that was. You know that's the case. What is Lule now? Is he two and one or one and uh, two? Two and two. Two and two. two. two okay. Five hundred. That he'd be the. Uh, he'd be the number one quarterback in the East if he played on an Eastern team. I guarantee you. That's correct. Oh hell yeah. Okay. Okay, because two and two, like that's the golden record in the East. Well, if, if you look so, at, uh, like, Ottawa, like, Ottawa got placed – too many people are thinking that they're hot hot shit right now. They got placed number two in the power rankings with a couple of different ones. Um, they, they play, they've won five games, okay? Three of them were against Eastern teams. They beat the BC Lions. They squeaked one out of BC, which BC just fell asleep in. And they, they beat the Riders. But then everybody's beat the Riders. Even Montreal beat the Riders. So, you know, that's no big screaming shit. But, you know, if they if they can't beat Edmonton, Winnipeg, or Calgary, how could they be number two? I mean, well, how? Who did they Who did they beat last week? 
Montreal. Montreal. Okay. They barely squeaked one out of Montreal, 24 and, and they got 24 points, and he had almost 500 yards passing. I mean, come yeah, on, yeah, they, really? They had 600 yards of offense or something, wasn't it? It was just, like, completely amazing. And they, they, they scored 24 points and barely beat the worst team in the league. Not the worst team in the league. Uh-huh. An absolutely pathetic team. The worst team in the league. 601 no yards. Doubt. Ottawa had 601 yards of offense to Montreal's 271. Mm-hmm. They doubled. They doubled their offense. Okay. Time of possession was 37 minutes, and and they they got 24 points. Yeah. Well. They also had six turnovers. I mean, come on. That that's pathetic. That's not even. That's not even. Can't even be called sloppy football. Well, and I'm thinking that if if a team has six turnovers, ninety five percent of the time they lose. Oh yeah. But the team they, they were play playing is just, is just pathetic. So any other team in the league would have mopped the floor with Ottawa. Any uh-huh. other team. So how are they powerful enough to be number two in the power rankings? Oh my good lord! I cannot believe that they. they Idiocy of some people, and and I don't know, I don't know. Poking the bear with the stick, by the way. I just made a comment on Kelly Bale's post. Sorry, Kelly. Uh, you're about to get ripped. Well, actually, uh, Kelly, he, he liked the comment, so I don't oh. know. we'll see what happens. My, what he it is his post is all about Jones and uh, giving him, thanking him, and giving him credit for bringing back Rob Bag. Right, and mm-hmm. I just said the hypocrisy in Ryderville still amazes me. He, he blocked true. me, so I can't comment on any of his stuff. I really wish I could, but I can't. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. oh. you know, you know, with that one, I just let it all hang out, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you can get arrested saying. for that still, you know. What? <laughs> Letting, letting it all hang, hang out. out. <laughs> yeah, you I don't, don't let think it hang so. Out. Yeah. Okay. Oh well, arrest me. What can I say? You know, it is what it is. Okay, so are we going to talk some football here? Yeah, because we might as well. Okay, enough pissing around, going around the tree here. Are we? We're going to talk. Oh yeah, we are going to talk about the riders later on. Uh, Ottawa Red Blacks, who we just talked about, which is playing, what, above their pay grade or, or at their pay grade? I don't know. They're just not doing all that well. Uh, they're traveling to the West to play the Blue Bombers. Uh, shake my head. If Ottawa wins this game, I'll give them a little bit more credit. But there's not a hope in hell that they're going to beat the Bombers. It's not going to happen, okay? It's not going to happen. So we'll let you guys decide this one. Charles, Ottawa, Winnipeg, do you agree, disagree? What's the score going to be? Well, if you look at it, if Trevor Harris puts up nearly 600 yards passing next week, but yet still doesn't score, uh, can only generate like one touchdown, 
they're going to get thumped against the Bombers. I'm sorry. Um, it's all well and good to put up a lot of yards. That team has to start finishing. Um, they had over they had like over 600 yards of offense and 24 points against a pretty piss poor Montreal team. If they can't produce better than that, they're not going to beat any of the teams in the West. I'm sorry. I know they beat BC, but that's because BC's defense went to sleep in the final two minutes. Uh, the Bombers are a team that, well, I don't want to say they're firing on all cylinders because I still think there are some weaknesses on that team that can be exploited. Uh, the question is, is Trevor Harris good enough to exploit them? Um, he has the talent, whether he'll do it or not, I don't know. But as normal, the uh, as far as I'm concerned, the Bombers go as Trevor Harris goes. So uh, as long as, as, uh, Andrew the, Harris as Andrew Harris goes, not Trevor Harris, God. Um, but as long as, as Harris can put up the big numbers like he's been doing pretty much for all of this season, I still think this is the Bombers' game to win. I still think the Bombers are going to um, – Pull this one out, even though this game's in Ottawa, right? Correct, or is it in Winnipeg? Winnipeg. It's in Winnipeg. Okay, so I even think more that the um, Bombers are going to win. I'm going to um, call the Bombers to win this one 30 to 18. 30 to 18? Yep. And you're picking the Bombers. Okay. Oh, okay. I guess I should put out the scores of the other two. Um, Mark, Mark picked the Bombers to win 34-27. So he's giving Ottawa a lot more credit than Charles did. Well, and they can't Chris score. Is, Chris is getting Winnipeg 38, Ottawa 27. So they, they both, uh, they both agree on the 27 for Ottawa, but Winnipeg, I don't know. Okay. That's it. William. Yeah. You know... Ottawa, they haven't impressed me that much this year. One of the things I was going to mention is where where has Ellingson disappeared to all of a sudden? Because he was their go-to guy the last three years or the last two years, and this year he doesn't seem to be uh, he doesn't seem to be around much. And I'm thinking, is he getting double covered? Is he getting triple covered? Is that why Brad Snopley is doing so well? Is Andrew Har- or is uh, Trevor Harris not seeing him? So, you know, and Ottawa had 600 yards passing against the worst no, team in the CFL last week. 600 offense. What? 600 with offense. That 600 with offense, whatever. And they still only scored 24 points against, I would assume, the worst defense in the CFL. Um. But on the other hand, Winnipeg hasn't totally convinced me that they're a winner. And you can you can you can blow all uh, uh, Matt Nichols' stats up, and you can do this, and you can do that. I don't think he's played that well since he's come back. Yes, they've won, but he's still not that impressive. And I'm. I mean, I'm going to give this one to the Bombers because it's in Winnipeg. And I'm going to pick I'm going to pick Winnipeg 32 uh Ottawa 
27. So everybody's picking 27 for Ottawa. Everybody mm-hmm. but Charles. I said 18. You said 18, but the other three bang on 27 yeah. straight across the board. Okay, here's a here's a problem for me. Okay, Lap, Paul Lapolice gives an an interview. Okay, and in it he starts rattling off stats. And now there's another bald guy that we know that does the rattles off stats for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, <laughs> but we're not going to pick on Todd on this show. Um, he be nicer. So, He's not as fat as Paul Lapolice. La Paul Lapolice. Okay. Yeah, okay. Not as fat? Close, no. but not quite. No. Close, but not but, quite. So what does he do? The entire interview is all trying to defend QB Nichols, okay? If your QB was half any good, you wouldn't need to defend him, okay? If he actually went out and did what he was supposed to do, nobody would be ever questioning his abilities, would they? No. But if you got to do an interview with the media and you end up defending your quarterback and having to use stats to do that, there's something wrong. You're in trouble. You're in trouble. There's a point. Okay. Nope. There's a point. Do you ever see Dave Dickinson in the media defending Bo Levi Mitchell? No. No. I've never seen that. And I don't even nope. like Mitchell, and he doesn't need defending. Okay? Do you ever see Jason Moss defending Mike Riley? No. You don't have Jason to. Moss is too busy defending himself. Okay. So, no, if your quarterback's any good, he doesn't need defending, okay? So, if you're defending Matt Nichols, it means something. He's no fucking good. He's not good enough to take you to the big game. Okay, I don't care what Ottawa uh, Ryder fan, or Bomber fans are saying to me. I don't care. You guys have got a, a quarterback issue in Winnipeg, and you need him there. Uh, speaking of Winnipeg, we're just like picking on Winnipeg right now because I can. Because there's no Winnipeg guys on our, our podcast right now, so we can do anything. So the waggle, Zybowski and Davis. Or Sanchez, whatever. Davis Sanchez, I know him. I like the guy. Um, he's probably the better of the two, but then Zybowski's pretty good. Uh, what did they say? The best team in the CFL for Duran Carter is where, Will? Winnipeg. Winnipeg. Winnipeg, Winnipeg. Them the most. Winnipeg can use them. Winnipeg can use them. And I, I don't disagree with that. <laughs> I don't disagree let, with that at all. Please and you let know what? that happen. I, well, no, no, but I, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking there's big enough locker room personalities in Winnipeg that Darian Durant wouldn't get away with certain things. Okay? I mean, you got Adam Big Hill, who's probably – would keep a guy in line. Why did you say okay. Darian Durant? You're talking about Duran Carter, right? Because Darian Durant. Sorry, Duran Carter. The, they the, they the remind bombers. me this. They they look like each other. Um, <laughs> and they both played for Saskatchewan. Um, oh, that's so bad, Will. Anyways, um, I think a guy like Adam Big no, Hill would keep really him in. No, he didn't really say that. He didn't really just say that. Honest Radio Land. He did not just say that. Okay. Well, they do have. They do have similar haircuts, so don't 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 turn this into something it's not, okay? Um, and they can both run, and and you know, um, I think 
Deron Carter was more talented was more talented than Darian Durant. Anyways, oh yeah, um, I agree there. And at least Deron Carter used to wear Saskatchewan stuff, as opposed to Darian Durant, who never did. Um, anyways, I uh, I I I think there's guys like Adam Big Hill who would keep him in line. Guys like Mo Leggett who would keep him in line. Some veteran players that would keep him in line. And, and Andrew Harris things, more than anything. Right. There you go. And one of the things they said today was that um, Deron Carter is good as long as he's not in one place for too long. And they said two years in Saskatchewan was too long or almost two years, a year and a half. So, you know what? Do like they do in hockey. Take a guy like, like Deron Carter, use him as a rental player for the last 10 games of the season or whatever it is and the playoffs and see what happens. You know, I, what? I, I don't, I don't see many, see any harm in that. Okay. We're, we're going to talk about Deron Carter later. Okay? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Good point. Okay. We're going to talk about him later. And, and you know what? You're not going to get an argument from me on any of that, but um, let's just, we're, we've done the Ottawa game, Ottawa Winnipeg game. Oh, Ooh. I haven't. You've got to pick your score there, buddy. I've got to pick my scores. Oh, my good Lord. I'm going to pick Winnipeg, and I'm going to do it 42 to 24. Okay? And that that, that is all – what's his name? Uh, oh, I've lost his name now. Justin Medlock field goals for, for Winnipeg. Okay, 42 points. They're all field goals. Good Lord. That's, because Matt Nichols doesn't know how to put the ball in the end zone, so it's going to come oh. off his foot. Okay. So. Um, well, <laughs> that's like. Um, it's a shitload. Uh, like, where's my calculator? It, it's 13 or 14 field math. goals. <laughs> well, 12 yeah. would be 36, right? 14, 14 field goals. 14 field goals. That's what I said. 14 field goals. Yeah. Okay. Next game, BC Lions traveling to Toronto to BMO Field to play the Argonauts. You know, I'm really starting to feel sorry for the Argos. They really start to feel sorry for the Argos. But, you know, they got this new quarterback, and what's his name? It's really weird. And uh, he's doing okay. But is it going to be enough? Is it going to be enough for the – McLeod, McLeod something. Let's McLeod see. Thomas. Uh, McLeod Beth- Bethel, Bethel Thomas. Thompson. Bethel Tom- Thomas. Thompson. There we go. Is it Thomas, Thomas or Thompson? I thought it was Thompson. Thompson. Uh, Why don't we Thompson. Just call There's him... a P in it. There's a P in it. Why don't we just call him MBT? Huh, there we okay. go. Okay. And we never have oh. to say his name again. No, no. Okay, so uh, here we go here. Jamie Nye, because we love Jamie Nye, right? He, he's, he's like, cool. he's so talented as a reporter. He's picked the Winnipeg Blue Bombers to beat the Red Blacks. He picked the Toronto Argonauts to beat the BC Lions. He picked Edmonton, and he picked Calgary. So that was his Jamie's pick. Uh, he actually picked Toronto? Okay, so I'm not giving him any, any kudos anymore. He's out of there. Fuck that. Okay, uh, Charles. BC Toronto, Homer pick, Homer alert. 
Or yeah, is it but not a homer it's... luck when they're the favorite? It's hard to call it a homer alert when they're favorites, but uh, I'm going to call it a homer alert anyways because I'm going to pick my team to win, so I guess you can call it a homer alert, but whatever. Um, these two teams are coming off wins, um, both wins where they had to come from behind in the second half to do it. Uh, Toronto's maybe a little bit more dramatic than BC but and uh, a little bit bigger of a, um, of a comeback, 24-10, to 10, but... Let's just, um, before we anoint McLeod Bethel Thompson or MBT or the new guy in Toronto, whatever you want to call him, uh, before we appoint him the next superstar, let's um, let's give him more than one game. He engineered a great comeback, no question about it. But um, there have been times before where we've seen quarterbacks come into this league, have a big game in their first outing, and then they never play a great game again. So we've got to let this uh, guy have some more starts here. Um, I'm still... If, He's earned more times, starts, though. Pardon me? He did earn to have more oh, starts. no question. No question, he did. Uh, I hope uh, James Franklin enjoys the bench. Um, but uh, if it's coming down to a choice between quarterbacks, I'm still taking Travis Lule 100% over... For Cloud Bethel Thompson, I don't think anyone would uh, disagree with that. Um, I think a big key for the Lions is to shut down James Wilder. He hasn't been spectacular this year, but he is still one of the top quarterbacks. You want to shut running uh, James Wilder down, or excuse me, running backs. Huh, me and my lousy uh, whatever. Um, but um, if you shut him down, you want to make McLeod Bethel Tom, Thompson uh, beat you because as a young quarterback, they almost always make mistakes, and you want to well, you want him throwing the ball as much as he can so he can make those mistakes. Uh, the Lions did a good job of shutting down the uh, best quarterback in the CFL last week in Mike Riley. He still put up uh, you know a fair number of yards. But for the most part, they were able to keep him between the 20s. He did engineer a few touchdown drives, but especially in that second half, they really shut him down. And they've got to carry that defensive play that they had in the second half into this game in Toronto. And I'd like to see a little bit better finish from the Lions offense as well. Um, they, I think that last week they left some points on the field in the second half that they could have put that game away a, a lot earlier than they did. So, but I am going to pick the Lions in this one going into Toronto. Um, it's a road game. The Lions have not won on the road yet, so they're due for a road win. And I think they get it this week. I'm going with BC to win this one 35-21 over Toronto. Okay. Oh, I keep forgetting to do the other scores here. Mark is picking BC to win 27-17. And Chris has Mark BC picks winning. BC. Mark picked BC. Yeah, there's two weeks in a row now. He picked him last week, too, didn't he? No, he didn't. He picked Edmonton. No, he didn't. Yeah, he, he picked BC beating Toronto, though. Uh, and Chris picked BC 35-24. Okay, so, William, what are you going to do? Well, this is, this, is, this is a tough one for me because... I've been picking BC for a year and a half and they've let me down most of the time with the exception of the last week. But I think, I think they are on the upswing. 
I really do believe they're on the upswing. Their defense is playing better, which is important. Um, the unnamed D-backs that I don't know their names, they're playing okay. T.J. Lee. And T.J. Lee, um, I, I, I look at, I look at Toronto and, you know, they're coming off that win in, uh, they had the bye last week, did they not? Or did they play last week, Toronto? I think they were on the bye last week. They were on the bye. So they're coming off that impressive come from behind victory against yeah. uh, Ottawa. Um, yeah. I think they'll, I think they'll still be emotionally high on something like that. And sometimes you have a letdown and, um, you know, Wally or Mark Washington has had two weeks basically, or a week to look at Bethel Thompson and, and see his tendencies and what he does well and what he doesn't do well. And I'm going to base this purely on who I think has the better quarterback. And I think, uh, and we haven't been saying this for a while. I think BC has better quarterback. Um, I'm gonna go 28 for BC and 24 for for Toronto. For Toronto. Toronto. Okay. Ah. Hmm. Hmm. My call. Who is going to win this game? Hmm. Hmm. Let me see. Hmm. BC. BC is going to win this game, and it's going to be a walk. It's going to be 38 to 21. They're going to come out. They're going to do it. Okay. Now, here, here's why I'm saying this, because, like, BC's defense has really come up. We, we acquired Sean Lemon. Him and Odell Willis are playing very, very well together. Gabe Naplin in the in the center is doing a good job. I uh, who is ex- a, a, who is surprising me the most in this out of the defense is Jordan Herdman. Okay, this is the guy who is stepping up for Solly's injury. Oh my good lord, this kid is playing some good football. Okay, so when you have a D line and you've got a a, a run-stopping linebacker like Herdman, it's so much easier for the DBs because the quarterback's always got pressure on him. He can't be running, and ah, it's just it just works. Defense works well when you have a strong push up the center and the outside. I love it. It just it's just it's fun to watch BC play football right now, and they've got a an O line that's finally stepping up and giving. Uh, Travis some protection and like what he didn't get sacked last game he didn't get sacked against Calgary come on this was awesome okay so um I'm pretty impressed with that Travis is playing some good football yeah BC's gonna win this one no problems it's an eastern team what the hell okay Whew, deep side I'm just looking at the Nissan Titan power rankings put out by CFLDC uh not C.H. Charles, did you see these ones? I believe I did, yeah. This is, is the that closest the one that's got one. B.C. in fifth? Got B.C. in fifth. 
Ottawa's yeah, in fourth, which is a earlier. debate for me, and I'm 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 going to be okay with it. Uh, the only problem, I think that Saskatchewan and Hamilton should be flipped. They got Saskatchewan in sixth and Hamilton in seventh. I think Hamilton's yeah. a better team right now. But they got Toronto down in eighth. Uh, you know, Toronto and Saskatchewan, both right now are a bit of train wrecks. Um, Montreal is even worse. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm okay with these rankings. I mean, they got Calgary, Edmonton, Winnipeg, top three. And, and, and only a bozo would have anybody else in the top three than those those guys. And there are some bozos out there because I told you Ottawa was in the top two for a couple of things. It's just dumb. Okay. What do we got here? Todd put up a thing. Dave Naylor, I think Toronto or Duron Carter's days in the CFL may unfortunately be done. Wow. Dave Naylor. Nah, go to Winnipeg. Go play the. I don't, I don't think you're done. He's not done. He's he's actually too talented of a receiver. It's just somebody has to be able to take his bullshit. And uh, I don't know what it is. It's just not going to be BC because I think uh, John Carter might you be know, in BC next year. You know, I wouldn't you know, rule that one out. I think Ed Hervey would have brought him onto BC in a heartbeat, but Wally said no fucking way. You know who I think is done? I think Saskatchewan's done because they're bringing Rob Bag back. Come on! Yeah, we're gonna, gonna that. we're gonna we're gonna get to okay. that. We're gonna we're gonna get to that. I didn't read the agenda. I didn't. Yeah, read we're gonna the get agenda. to that. Honest, we have to get to that. That's just like really a big important thing. Okay, so now um, Montreal Alouettes, the big train wreck in this town. Did you pick a score, Christopher? Did I don't I? think you did. Yeah, you I did. Pick I picked score. 38, no, yes, he did. Thirty-eight twenty-one. Thirty-eight twenty-one for Argos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For the Argos. Yeah, for them. No, for the Argos. Okay. I'm okay. so. I'm so. Uh, you're so frustrating, William. Sorry, okay. I wasn't Watch. paying attention. I wasn't paying attention. I was watching my wife walk. Okay. Is she walking? Good for her. It's her I big. It's her. It's her. It's her six. It's her six-week checkup tomorrow afternoon. So, ooh, moving out. Awesome. So she'll be able to throw her crutches away. I'm hoping. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Anyways, go ahead. Okay, so Montreal Alouettes are coming to Edmonton to Commonwealth Stadium to play the Eskimos. <laughs> There's some echo in here, and I hate it. Okay, so. How bad do you think the Edmonton victory is going to be? Is this another 50-burger? Or is Mike Raleigh just going to tear them a new one? What's going to happen here? Somebody. Who you asking? Who you asking? I don't care. Somebody just speak yeah. up. When there's dead air like that, it means I'm paying attention to something else, and you should just – you know, be be aggressive and jump in there and say, you know what, this is my turn. So right. go, Charles. Okay, so I would like to know who's going to start for Montreal, but I don't think we're going to know right away. Um, I don't think it matters. It probably doesn't because uh, what matters is the defense of the Montreal Alouette, Montreal Alouettes, and we know for a fact that they're not good at, at all. Um, and Mike Riley's probably a little bit pissed off after getting beaten last week. So an angry Mike Riley is never a good thing to be going up against. 
And um, this one might not be pretty. Um, I think it's unlike now. You got to remember though, the um, Cal- the Montreal Alouettes played the Calgary Stampeders tough. Uh, even though they they didn't win the game, they you know they kept it at least relatively close. So uh, you've got to remember that. But I'm sorry, with Mike Riley coming in pissed off after losing, uh, they might be starting a Montreal might be starting a guy named. Pitnick, or, or I don't know what the guy's name is. I never heard of their second or third string quarterback last week, which is a scary, scary thought. But quite frankly, uh, Mike Riley's going to destroy this guy. I don't think they're going to get the 50, but they're going to get close. Uh, this is going to be probably a whitewash here. I'm going with um, Edmonton to win this one 48 to 15. 48 to 15? Yeah. Okay. Uh, again, I forgot. That Edmonton is winning this one according to Mark thirty-one twenty-four, and wow. Chris has got them forty-two seventeen. So there, Chris is pretty close to your score there, Charles. Yeah, he's not no. far off. No, not off. Okay, so William. Yes. Well, I heard some interesting stuff on the waggle today. I heard, uh, remember, I don't know if you guys remember, but last week uh, Tommy Campbell was a last-minute scratch because apparently in the walkthrough he wouldn't do up his the strap on his helmet strap. or something, his second chin strap. Ridiculous. And according according to David Sanchez today on the waggle, this has been – this is one of many things this year with Tommy Campbell. And okay. they're they're Give trying me. apparently they're trying to create a culture in Montreal and apparently Tommy Campbell's not buying it. And you know, it it's funny and, and this goes back to the Deron Carter thing. You never heard about any problems with Tommy Campbell in Calgary. And I think that is because they have such a large veteran leadership that you don't get away with much with any of these guys. Tommy Campbell's a good football player, but so is Deron Carter. It's all about the attitude, man. Anyways, um, this game, there's just no way anybody can pick Montreal because we don't know who's starting at quarterback. It could be this Pittman guy or whatever the heck his name is. It could be uh, what's the guy who was in BC last year. He played against Calgary this year. Vernon um, Adams? No, 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 no. no. Uh, come on, help oh, me, Charles. Um, oh, um, oh, oh, Alex, shoot. Alex, what's his Alex, name? Alex, 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 Alex Ross. No, not Alex. Isn't Ross. it Alex Ross? No, his name, it's really a strange name. God, I can't remember. Anyways, um, he might start. And then, is Drew Willie recovered yet? No. You know, and and this is how how much two weeks difference has made for me. If Johnny Manziel was starting in this game, I would pick a completely different score. Because... I watched the I watched the Montreal game again 
the other night from last weekend. And I think Johnny Manziel, if he's not a superstar, I think he's going to do something in the CFL. Eventually. Yeah. He just got to get off this team. This is the worst team. Mm-hmm. He can't, he can't well, be part of it. I, I, no, I think he's going to bring this team back to something that kind of resembles a team eventually. But not he's not playing tomorrow or not playing this weekend, so that's not going to happen. So I am well, have they kid. said that yet? No, they haven't. What? I know they said oh, that they... he's going through percussion protocol, but right. they I haven't heard that they've ruled him out for this weekend. Okay, but I I can't. Uh, I mean, we don't know, so I can't. I'm no. I wasn't going to pick Montreal anyways. I was. It was more a score thing than anything else. Okay, so I, I am going to go Montreal, or sorry, I'm going to go Edmonton 38, Montreal 18. Okay. Uh, last week it was Manziel, Pipkin, and Apotica. Whatever Apotica is. Yeah. Chris okay, wants nobody... to play Christopher. What's that? Chris wants to play. Oh, is Chris wanting to play with us now? Chris. Yeah, yeah. I just saw that. Okay. Let's, I'll just go get him. All right, I, I better hang on. Let's check to see if the phone number's the same. Phone number's the same. i just call him. Boom. Chris. Oh, I, I didn't put him in the screening room, so it's going to ring here. Sorry, guys. Chris, welcome to the show. Hello. Hey, thank you. Yeah. We're we're in, we're just reviewing the third game, which is the Montreal Edmonton game, and uh, we're talking about uh, lack of quarterback depth now that Manziel is possibly out for uh, concussion protocol. Drew Willie is out. Every Vernon Adams is out, and uh, we have no idea who's next. But. Uh, and we got your score. We picked your score of forty-two seventeen for this game. So tell us what you think. Well, to be honest with you, I didn't realize Manziel was out, so seventeen might be a bit high, but I'll stick with it. Um, but uh, is his uh, Schultz still there, or that Schultz guy, or Schlitz? Schlitz. That's what Schlitz. his name was. That's the guy I'm talking about. Matt yeah. Well, he wasn't in. He wasn't in BC last year, was he? I no. thought he was. No, okay. I could be wrong. No, I, I think he was in Montreal. I think he was. I think he yeah. played a little bit last year. Yeah. Yeah. It was that. It was that other guy that uh, Alex Ross that was in BC last year. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So I, I you know, I mean, Edmonton's going to come out, and I don't think they're going to be real happy about the last game they played. So they're at home, and it's Montreal, and. I mean, the D's okay, but I think they're still going to put up 40-plus points. And uh, their D, the only reason I'm going to say 17 still is just because their, their secondary is not great. But if their front, their, if it's a young quarterback and their front can get them get him running, he might not get more than two points or three points, but we'll see. I'll stick with that 42-17. But uh, it's, it's, it's probably not going to be a super entertaining game unless you like Edmonton like me and like watching them beat the living heck out of somebody. So... We'll see. Okay. Um, you guys all know I'm a Mike Riley fan, right? No, we didn't yeah. know that. 
Mike, Mike Riley is, is going to be one pissed off camper coming into this game because he is not happy about losing to BC. That being said, uh, I'm a little concerned about Edmondson secret, secondary. <laughs> secondary. I'm concerned secondary. about the secretary too because who knows? Paychecks aren't going out on time. I don't know. Okay, so um, the secondary. So I think Montreal may actually take advantage of their secondary and put some points on the board. Uh, so I am going to pick the Edmonton Eskimos 46, Montreal 9. Okay? Montreal's going to get some points on the board, but there are three field goals. Not going to be 14 field goals like Winnipeg is going to get. They're only going to get three of them. Okay? So 46 to 9. I think Montreal would have a better chance if Darian Durant and Jerron Carter played for them. So, <laughs> Darian Durant did play for them last year, didn't he? Yes, he did. <laughs> it didn't work out that well. Didn't work out so no. well. No, no. And they and he had S.J. Green, didn't he? Yeah. No, that was two years ago. S.J. Green wasn't there last year. Okay, right. he was in Toronto last year. Okay, 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 okay. Wow. Okay, let's talk some more football here. Oh, God, what kind of a game is this? Calgary is traveling to Regina. Like, weren't they just in Regina like three weeks ago or something? Two, three weeks ago, yes, sir. Yep. They were. And they're going back nice to Regina? Scheduling. I mean, yes, I'm, seriously, this is so mean making the, the Stampeders go to that same town twice in three weeks. It's just wrong. Nobody goes to Regina that often on purpose. Okay, um, that's it. Stampeders going to play the Rough Riders. The Rough Riders in complete disarray, complete disarray, regardless of what anybody wants to say. This team is spiraling downward. They are trending backwards. So Mark's got this team, uh, Calgary 28, Saskatchewan 17. Wow. Wow. I would not have picked this score. But anyhow, I'm going to let Charles go ahead. What do you got? All right. So Calgary and Saskatchewan. Well, right now Saskatchewan is an utter train wreck. Um, they're, they're going through this whole drama with Deron Carter. They, they Today they bring back, uh, what's his name, Rob Bag out of nowhere. The dinosaur. Um, Didn't Chris Jones call him a guy, dinosaur? The guy that was too old, apparently two months ago, and now he's uh, maybe he's found the fountain of youth. Who knows? But um, he's not. Um, he's come back all of a sudden. Um, I don't know. The, the the Riders. I can't pick them to beat anyone right now. I'd have a tough time picking a game between them and Montreal because right now they're well, both Montreal pretty much them. exactly, and they're both pretty much spiraling out of control. It's looking to me like um, Chris Jones might have lost that team. I don't know. They're just um, they're a a team that's really just a wild card. They're a real huge question mark. If they were playing at the top of their game, I'd have trouble even then picking them to beat uh, Calgary because Calgary seems like a machine so far this year. But in this uh, fragile state they're in, uh, home or not, 
there's no chance they're beating this Calgary team. I'm sorry. It's just not going to happen. Uh, I can't see any scenario where that makes sense. Uh, we'll see if Zach Caleros can last another game uh, against that defense. Good luck. Um, I, I think Calgary wins this one, and I honestly think they they win it going away. Uh, I'm going to go um, Calgary 38 and Saskatchewan 20. Okay. Will. Too bad you yeah. don't get to watch your team play this week in that wonderful McMahon Stadium. Well, that's okay. Any weekend away from McMahon Stadium is a good weekend. Um, you know, I, I'm going back to the last game that Calgary played Saskatchewan. Calgary didn't play that well. No, nope, they I did not. They were confused by Chris Jones' defensive system. And I thought it should have been a walk because they had two nobody quarterbacks. They didn't have Zach Kolaris back then. And, you know, Saskatchewan's got Charleston Hughes and they got, uh, what's his name on the other side? And Calgary has some injuries, and their running game's not that great. I think the streak's going to end. I really do. I think Zach Claris is going to go in and tear it up. And he is a better quarterback than Bo Levi Mitchell. Um, Chris Jones is a better coach. Chris Jones is a better coach than Dave Dickinson. Who are um, you, and what have you done with Will? And and I I think the streaks. Nah, the streak's not going to end this weekend. Um, Calgary's going to win uh, 40, 40, 40, fuck, 49 to 12. Okay? There you go. Well, you had us worried there. I thought Will had been kidnapped. I know. That was the whole point of that conversation. So It wasn't a conversation. It has to be two parties involved in it for a conversation. Yeah, I have conversations with myself in my head all the time. Okay, so I know. Don't give me that. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I, I, I sometimes that's the only intelligent life I can find to have a conversation with is myself. Absolutely. Okay, Chris, I'm not going to announce your scores. You can do that. Take it away, my friend. Okay. Um, well, I uh, I don't know. You get all the talk about this could be a sleeper game, blah, blah, blah. Let's be honest. Every game moving forward is a sleeper game for Calgary because they're a dominant team. So to be beat, it's going to be one that they don't show up for, and they're going to beat themselves. So, nah, nah they're not that good. And the problem no. with that is there's always – there's problem with that is there's always four quarters in a game. And I yep. believe they can take three quarters off and win. They, they're they're not playing that good of football. They really aren't. No. Okay. Mm-hmm. They're they're Diaz. They're Diaz. Yeah. I was going to say, what does that is, say about the rest of the league then? Uh, it, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But, so. But Calgary has only played one East Western team. Yep. Two. two. Sorry, they played the Riders in BC. Thank you. No, I, I think that they keep the streak alive. 
Um, I think it might be a bit closer than some people think, though. I think Zach's looking good, and I, I, I don't know. I, I, I waffled on my score a couple times, and then I went back and forth. And they haven't given up more than twenty points on D more than once or twice. Will so once twenty two. I think twice. 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 I so I think they're going to give up more than twenty on this one. I think that's what's going to be the the, the the weird factors. They're going to give up more points, but they're going to score more points. So um, I think they're going to go in there and do fine, especially since it's so soon since they last time. Uh, I mean, Chris Jones is an inventive guy on D, but you can only do so much. And they'll have a lot of time to look at the film and figure out what went wrong last time, I think. And I don't think he's going to be able to change up too much. So I'm going to go with Calgary 39 and uh, Saskatchewan 28. Because that's the other thing. They usually win by double digits, and I'm just going to put them over the double-digit win. Wow. 11. That's the same score I got written down for you. Yeah, I remembered it. <laughs> Amazing how that happens. Eh? Hey, Chris, hey, Chris, let's correct myself. They've only given up more than 20 points once. Yeah, and that's 22 points. Yeah, yeah, yeah 22, 22 against Saskatchewan. <laughs> so I think they'll give up more than 20 again. I'm going to guess 28, but it'll be – It'll be closer than normal, but they're going to score a lot too because I think they'll figure out the D a bit better. <clears throat> but here, here's the funny thing, guys. You're, you're really really scored more than 20 points twice this year <clears throat> in week 10, and they've only scored more than 20 points. Usually they're in the teens. They scored 31 points against Hamilton and 22 against Calgary, but most of the time it's been like 17, 12. It, it, mm-hmm. It's absolutely pathetic their their ability here. So, um, I'm gonna. I don't think Calgary's that good a team, and I'm I'm gonna pick Calgary to win. There's, I'm not an idiot. Uh, I'm gonna pick them to win, but I'm gonna pick them by the score of 28, Saskatchewan three. Okay. Okay. Uh, Calgary just I mean, has a mean, mean, bloody defense, and I just don't think that Saskatchewan has any, anything to to show, anything to give them at all. It's just it's they're in disarray. So twenty-eight to three. I don't care if Jones reads them the riot act or not. They're not going to come out and perform. He has lost this team. He's lost them. And he's not going to recover. It's the end of, of the Chris Jones era. <laughs> he's going the way of Kent Austin. Okay. That's it. 28-3 to 3 is my pick. Still a, a good blowout. Okay. So where are we going now? We're going to go over to... This week, Jason Moss was asked about his discipline while coaching on the sidelines. Do we think Moss's discipline or lack thereof affects the team on the field? He, in his interview, he says that he needs the team to be more disciplined. And the interviewer says, well, you need to be more disciplined. And he said, yes, discipline needs to start with me. And I have to lead by example. Do you think that this is possible? Chris, do you think it's a problem? Jason Moss's antics on the sideline, do you think it's a problem for the team? 
hundred percent, hundred percent. I not only have I played and I but I've coached and I he what he said is right. The problem is he's not living by what he said. So um a team a hundred percent follows their coach's attitude and behavior and uh temperament. And if you can't set that at a higher standard then you're gonna be in trouble and that's what he's seeing. And I mean he can say all the right things. He knows as a player what to say and, and what it should be. But he's not showing it, and he sure the heck has to fix that. Otherwise, I just foresee them still leading in the penalty department for time, for a while to come because they're feeding right off of him. You can't go through and body slam a water cooler without everybody seeing it and and and, and going off of that as acceptable. Yep. Can't argue with that. Will, you're a big Jason Moss fan, aren't you? Yeah, I think he's an idiot, but I think he's a very emotional coach, and it gets the best of him sometimes, and that's too bad. Um, But your team, anyways, I used to learn that my team is a, the team is a reflection of the coach, and right now it's not a very good reflection when he loses his temper like that. And I think, I think it it says to the other guys that we can lose our temper as well, and that doesn't make for a very good atmosphere on the field or on the bench. And either he's got to smarten up, which I don't think he can do. I I think it's, you know what? I think Jason Moss is a very passionate guy, and. He, if if you remember him back when he played, he played with a lot of passion too, and sometimes that helped his team. Um, but in the case of being a coach, I don't think it helps your team that much. And you know, especially when you do it on television in front of everybody, and then all these wannabe podcaster media hacks can just go to town on you. Okay. It's just, it's just kind of silly. So yeah, he's got to change his way. There's no doubt about it. Um, you know, because he just has to. I don't think he will, but he has to. Go ahead. Okay, Charles, Jason Moss. Is he a problem for the team? Is it affecting the play of the Edmonton Eskimos on the field? I think it is because the discipline is supposed to start from the coach down. And it's almost every time you see him, or at least a good, at least 90, uh, 80% of the time, he's sitting there screaming about something, yelling. Heck, he I've seen him, uh, the team is 20 points up, and he's sitting there yelling and screaming at something. Just that one, though, a couple weeks ago, where he literally, like, pulled the uh, the Gatorade jug and slammed it to the ground. I mean, coaches don't do that. If you look at the most successful coaches in the CFL, guys like Wally Buono, guys like John Huffnagel, guys like Don Matthews, uh, guys like that, sure, there are there times that they yell and get upset? Yes, but they always keep themselves composed. You don't see them going and throwing water jugs and 
taking the headset off and throwing it on the ground and breaking it and freaking out every time the camera's on them. You gotta have you. The players gotta see that their coach has some discipline. The players gotta see that their coach isn't just flying off the handle every thirty seconds. So yeah, I do think it has an effect. And it may not be one that's immediately felt. It may be a cumulative effect. But it does have an effect. And he's got to calm himself down. Because it just it looks bad on the team. Especially when the team's up by 20 points. And he's sitting there screaming at someone. He's got to calm down. He's got to keep himself better composed. It will have a trickle-down effect, I think. Hard to argue with any of that, guys. We're we're all we're all all on the same page right now. I mean, I don't understand how this man still has a job. I really don't. I mean, how? I I, I was thinking the other day, <clears throat> only the other day. I don't do it often, so you know, I I, I remember when I do it. Uh, why are Edmonton? Saskatchewan and Winnipeg always in a state of turmoil in their management. What do these three teams have in common? Anybody? Sorry, which three teams? Is it Montreal, Saskatchewan, no, Edmonton, Edmonton, Saskatchewan, and Winnipeg. Well, Come on, on you guys! You guys are supposed to be football people. They're the three community-owned teams. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. And it and it's showing more in Saskatchewan and always does because the team listens to the fans. The fans are passionate about their football team, and when they make a move, when management makes a move. They're they're like standing at the gates with pitchforks, and management has to be careful about what they do in the public image, what they say and do, and their actions are because the fans are out of control, and they they run the board of directors. Okay, I know I'm going to get yelled at by football fans all over the place, but Winnipeg hasn't won a Grey Cup in 27 years. Their team has been in a state of flux for that that long. I don't even think they're secure at this point in time. I'm still questioning the abilities of Mike O'Shea, and nobody else ever, you know, everybody's all happy with them, so the status quo is going to be good. They're good with Mike O'Shea. The fans are good with Mike O'Shea. The fans are good with Matt Nichols, so they're right now accepting mediocrity. Okay. In Saskatchewan, the fans aren't accepting mediocrity. The fans want more than that. They're getting less than that. And they're yelling, screaming, and throwing things. And management makes decisions based on that. Edmonton right now, Edmonton has got, since the Q Campbell days, has been in a complete state of flux. They, they, there's no stability in there, and things just keep moving around and bouncing around from Danny Machocha, Cavus Reed. It, it's just it's one shit show after another. And it all comes down to the fact that these are community-owned teams. And I like the concept of a community-owned team, but you can't let the 
you can't make decisions in your management based on what the fans want. Because as soon as you start listening to the fans, you become one because you're going to lose your job. Wally Buono has always said that. He says, I don't care what the fans say, because if I listen to the fans, I will be one soon. And he's 100% accurate. I question that. Why is this man still have his job? Because a, a, a businessman wouldn't put up with that bullshit. But a board of directors does. I don't know. That's my opinion. Community-owned teams love them and hate them at the same time. Okay. TSN.ca asked whether or not Ottawa receiver Brad Sinopoli was the best Canadian player in the Canadian Football League. What do we think who is currently the best Canadian player? I actually personally thought this uh, this question was laughable. Yeah. I think the best Canadian player is pretty goddamn obvious. Yeah. Charles, yep. who is it? It's Andrew Harris in Winnipeg. Uh, well, who, who is it? Andrew Harris. Chris, who is it? Um, well, yeah, I, I, I got to admit it. Andrew Harris. I, I can't argue with that right now. I mean, Brad Sinopoli is pretty freaking good, okay? No Considering. doubt. No doubt. But when you've got a Canadian in a historically American position and he's leading yep. the league and ripping it apart, I'm sorry. You cannot say it's anybody but Andrew Harris in Winnipeg. Charles, go ahead. Yeah. Well, Andrew Harris, Andrew Harris – may not only be the best Canadian in the CFL, he very well may be the best player in the CFL. Um, I'm sorry, uh, going off CFLD.ca, I know they're trying to come up with stories. And take nothing away from Brad Sinopoli. He's a fantastic receiver, and no one can take that away from him. But Andrew Harris is a force to be reckoned with. He's a force as a running back. He's a force catching the ball. He's a great blocker. He does it all. He's an easy first ballot Hall of Famer uh, in the future. And I'm sorry, uh, he is your best Canadian. I, to me, it's not close. And take nothing away from Brad Sinopoli because he's a fantastic football player in his own right and a couple of the other Canadians that are out there that uh, contribute. But... Andrew Harris, in my opinion, is so far in front of anybody else that that just speaks to his talent because Brad Sinopoli is a fantastic football player, and in a lot of eras, he may be the best Canadian in the CFL. Not in this era. era. The, the, the best Canadian in the CFL wears number 33 and wears blue. Uh, and he is 100% the best Canadian in the CFL. It's not close, in my opinion. No, no. William, anything to add to that? No, that's, that's you know what, pretty much my sentiments. Like I said, I mean, if you said who are the best two Canadians in the CFL, I would say Andrew Harris and Brad Snopoli. Yeah. Okay? Um, but you are right. It's, a, it's normally a 
American position, and he's playing an American position. And uh, there's not too many teams that will put a Canadian in there. But that goes to Andrew Harris's talent. And, then, I mean, receiving, running, whatever you want to use him as, he, he is talented. And, uh, you know, and, yeah, he will definitely be in the Hall of Fame. And, uh, you know, I mean, there's not much you can say. It, it is what it is. So, I You know what? I can't even find this article, Charles. Well, I posted a link to it. I know. I, I delete the links. So I'll go back and oh, look okay. at it now. But well, that's okay. I can put the – I'm no, not no, sure no, if no. it's an actual article or a video discussion. But uh, it, it was TFN. I was, I was looking at CFL.ca, so sorry. Oh, yeah, it was TFN.ca. Yeah. Is Sinopoli the best Canadian? Sorry, but I'm no, looking. he's not. No. Okay, yeah. <clears throat> Unbelievable. How, how how does this even happen? How does where 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 do they come up with shit like this? It's just like weird. And you know what's the worst thing about TSN is they don't let you comment on it. Mm-hmm. Huh. Okay, moving on, moving on, because we're we're just uh, oh sorry, Chris, you have a comment on this. Well, I mean, I, I agree with most everybody in the sense that they're just making something to write about. Uh, but, I mean, Brad Sinopoli is pretty impressive. I mean, but we've had really good receivers in that position before, as people have said. So it's hard to argue Andrew Harris is not dominating at a position that's not normally a national. So, yeah, I agree with everybody. Here's a question. I won't, Sorry, it's CJ's turn. Sorry, I'll let him go. My turn? I already spoke. Yeah, no, I'm I'm done. I I ranted all. No, no, I didn't rant, but that's okay. I just I, there's nothing you can say. Andrew Harris is by far, and I agree yeah. with you, Charles. He he may be the best player in the CFL. I I was gonna throw this out here. Um, it, it may not be fair. Well, they did play kind of pretty much in the same era. Has Andrew Harris surpassed John Cornish on the list of Canadian running backs? Yes. And I think it, it does have to be taken into account that Cornish's uh, career pretty much ended prematurely, uh, thanks to Kyrie C. Bear. But I think it was an interesting question because uh, for a while those two were going back and forth because they were in the same time. So yeah, it, I it always came down. Andrew Andrew Harris, I always thought was a better receiver than John Cornish. Yeah. The uh, John Cornish was a great power back, but the problem is, is and and this was always my argument with with Will on this one, is it's it's average yards, it's yards per carry, and yards per carry has to has to happen, right? And John Cornish was was one of the best, and that's why Andrew Harris was always in his shadow. Andrew, and yeah, I'm just I'm just trying to answer your question here, and uh, I got to go back. Hang on. Uh, CFL is going to give me. I need to see if I need a Wikipedia. There he is. 
you know. He's not. John Cornish still has more total yards. Hmm. Yeah, but, but you know what? The most, in, the most impressive thing about Andrew Harris is he did not play. He played junior football. Is that correct? He did yes, not. He never, yes. he, he never he played. He never went to university. university or anything like that. He played for the Richmond oh, Raiders of the Canadian Junior and, Football League. And, and that, that, he that in Nanaimo. itself is impressive. Yeah, that yeah, in itself is impressive. He only played impressive. for both. Vancouver that Island Raiders. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Vancouver. That used to be Richmond. Sorry, never mind. That's right. They moved to Nanaimo. My mistake. So here it is. John Cornish had 6,844 yards in nine years in the CFL. Okay? And, yeah, the last two years he only played half at nine games each. So, okay, let's just call it eight years. But he played almost full seasons in every other year, right? Full, full games. Andrew Harris has only played seven seasons. And he's got 6,268 6, yards. So he will surpass John Cornish this year and do it in one less year. How's that for an answer? Okay. Now, is that just rushing yardage or total yardage? That's just rushing yardage. He's got okay. 4,127 receiving yards. Cornish had 500. Yeah. There you go. So if you want to go total yards, Cornish is at 7,300 and um, Harris is over 10,000 and, and, and a year and a half less playing time. Yeah, that's the telling stat for me right there. He's, a, he's the best CFL player in, in, in that we've seen in, in the last decade. Yep. I hate to say that, but it's probably true. Okay. That's my comment on... Uh... Excuse me. Are you okay? Yeah, I just sneezed. You're not supposed to keep those in. You're supposed to let them fly. I don't want to sneeze into my mic. <laughs> I understand that. You can put your hand over it or something, you know? Fair enough. But you're not supposed... Yep. To, you know, if you, if, you, if you hold those things in, you'll blow off your pants or something. So okay. Don't do that. That would be a scary thing. <clears throat> okay. Johnny Manziel is going through concussion protocol after receiving a hard hit in the loss to Ottawa. Should the league investigate and potentially discipline the team for allowing him to go back into the game without doing proper protocol after he received the hit? No, this is bullshit because the league has concussion or uh, safe spotters. If they believe that he had been knocked unconscious in the play, and, and most people who saw it believed that he was unconscious, then it was up to the league to prevent him from going back in, okay? The team's doing what the team has to do to win, and you cannot argue with that, and you can't complain with that. And if Johnny Manziel says, I'm fine, I'm going back in, he can. But the league, the spotter up there watching this game has to say, no, I want that man sitting on the bench, and I want his counting backwards from 100. Okay, and whatever. So no, he the the concussion protocol had to have been initiated by the league, not by the team. Now, in the press release, it says that Johnny Manziel's um, prescription meds are affecting him, 
and that the, the hit had very little to do with the fact that they are putting him into concussion protocol right now, that he traveled home from the game with Mike Sherman and they went to McDonald's and he ordered a quarter pounder with cheese or Big Mac and, and Sherman had the quarter pounder, whatever. But the coach said he was fine after the game. This only, the, the symptoms only came up afterwards and it had more to do with his prescription meds, but because the symptoms are similar to a concussion, they are putting him through the concussion protocol. If you're buying all of this, I have some swampland in Saskatchewan for sale. Okay. Johnny Manziel, should the league look into the team putting him back in? No. Chris, what's your take on this one? Oh, <clears throat> shockingly and scary enough, it's exactly what yours is, to be honest with you. I mean, uh, they did. You watched him on the sidelines. He was evaluated. He said he was good to go. I, I have no doubt he was knocked unconscious. You could tell when, they, when he gets picked up and he's trying to walk off that he's barely keeping his feet going in front of him. And, uh, but some people, some people, it doesn't affect it like others. Like it's, it's a, it's a very individual injury and they evaluated him. He said he was good to go. Their doctors to buy it. And let me tell you, the team might want to win, but those doctors are fairly diligent when they do that stuff. And they might be employed by the team, but they still have a reputation of their own. And he went in, and and you know what? Sometimes concussions don't show up for a while. I had a player that went back into a game uh, that passed his protocol for flying colors after a nasty hit, and he literally three hours after the game, his mom called me and told me that he was he totally had lost it, and we went to the hospital, and he was in full blown concussion uh, 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 symptoms, but they didn't show up till way after the game. And he, right after the hit, he passed the protocol. We did it to the by the book, and it's it just it just is how it happens. It's a weird injury, so I don't think anybody should be in trouble for it. But good on them for going through the protocol. I mean, I I agree that I think the story sounds like a whole lot of BS, but uh, whatever. They're doing what they need to do now, right? And I think he was fine at the time, so I I don't think they should look into it any further. And if they, you're right, if they wanted to pull him off, they should have done it then because they made Mike Riley go off when they thought he had a concussion. Yeah, exactly. And that's what they're for. And good on them, right? Whether or not Mike Riley liked the act, I believe that it was the correct call. Okay? Because player safety is paramount. Mm -hmm. Okay? Especially our marquee players like Mike Riley. Okay? And, and what and what was the difference between why well, and what's the difference between the two scenarios? Well, as Mike went right back under center to go do another play, Manziel got to come off because they they gave up the ball. Yeah. Or or if they didn't, they were switching quarterbacks to do short yardage. But either way, he got the he was coming off anyway to be evaluated. Like he could be evaluated without him being pulled off because he was already coming off the field. <laughs> Yeah, Mike but he Riley had to cases. Miss, he, he, he had to he, miss three plays anyhow, didn't they? They had to go out and bring him off the field. Did they yes, not? Yeah. Mike so Riley, yes. Yeah, but but he. The difference is he was getting ready to do another play right after his hit, so they had to make that call because he wasn't coming off to be evaluated. 
Yeah. Manziel was already coming off anyway, so they didn't need to make that call, and they have to support the fact that he was evaluated. So I personally think that that wasn't even the case, that it wouldn't have been a spotter because he was already coming off. If he would have tried to line up again, that's where that call should have been made. But he was already coming off. And that's okay. what happened to Mike, was he tried to line up again and do another play, and that's where they said, no, no, he's got to go. He's got to go off the field and get checked. Mike, Johnny was already coming off, so they probably, they probably would have. If he tried to line up again, I bet you money they would have pulled him off like Mike Riley. It just was a different scenario, that's all. And then once, okay. once the protocol is done on the bench, they have to accept that the doctors are right. They're just watching video. They don't know. Yeah, okay. I, I, I can't argue with that. That's a good, good response, man. I, I, I agree with you. William. Willie. Yeah, I, I don't think they should have done anything differently, but one of the things um, that I think Johnny Manziel needs to do is be smarter, okay? Because he led with his head on the goal line. It was already a first down. They had two more cracks at it. And he led with his head. And, you know, you got to play smarter. But I but I think I think he was... I think he was amped up in that game, and that's why he did it. But I, I you know, I I have no doubt, just like Chris, that he was knocked out. Um, but I would assume that if we saw that, everybody saw that, and I'm sure they did the concussion protocol on the sidelines and let him back in. So, you know, I mean, head injuries are weird, like Chris said. And you never know sometimes. So, but uh, yeah, should the league look at how Montreal handled it? No. Okay, I, I didn't. I didn't see this game. So what you're saying is this was a first down on the one yard line, and he's going for the end zone, and he gets knocked out. He, no, he he no. got he got a first down, and then he tried to score a touchdown, and he got stopped on the goal line. Yeah, he led with his head. Yeah, yeah, but he led with his head. From from where? Not a smart thing for any quarterback to do. Right on the goal line. Right on the goal line. I understand that, but where was the start of the play? Back about the fifteen yard line, I think. Yeah. Okay. Something like that. So it wasn't a short yardage play where he his ass should have been on the bench anyhow. No sir. With with no sir, it was not. Okay. I just need to but clarify that. that. That's, why, well, that's why he got the head injury, though, because he was running at full speed. Like, that was yeah. – it was yeah. like it was yeah. a it was a co- collision with an arm, a forearm, not a helmet. Yeah. 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 But he was going full speed, and so was Rose. And they just they just yeah. whacked each other because Rose was trying to stop him from getting in, right? So he was right at that goal line. So he went maximum speed right at him as well. And and Mazil tried to bull his way in, and it just didn't work yeah. for him because he put his head down and got whacked. He put his head down and he got so, hit. And you could tell when he was going down that he had been knocked out because his arms went totally limp. Only for a He dropped that ball. and He, he dropped yeah, that yeah. ball and just hit the ground like a, a sack of rocks. Yeah. So was it a fumble? Yeah, and Montreal yes. recovered in the end zone for the touchdown. Okay. Okay. Which, which so is why he, he could just he, come off and not have to be there. So he basically got Cornished. No, Cornish got the got clotheslined and kind of ripped back. He like he went. He, it was it was like he ran into a wall with his head down. Would be the best way. And the wall pushed back. 
because essentially that forearm got Rose was running full speed, he, and he hit him in the with his forearm in the head, but he actually moved his forearm at the same time and pushed him back because he wanted to stop him from crossing the goal line. Right. Is that not what Carisha Bear did to John Cornish? He hit him with a forearm, with a forearm smash. No, no. No, he le- well the the biggest one was he leaped over top of a Calgary player and, and clotheslined him from behind and dragged him back. Took like tried to take his head off from behind. From the side. Side behind. That was the big hit that was everybody was upset about. They now the one that everybody was mad about Hebert was when he launched himself at uh, Daniels this the, just this season. And that yeah, one was that, that not was a form either. He that he used his head on that one too. Oh. Torpedo. Yeah, he torpedoed him. But yeah, no Cornish. He actually clotheslined him from behind, from the side, kind of. He 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 had a blocker, and he kind of jumped over the blocker, and and friggin' just took Cornish's head off and pulled him back down. Well, it's a football play. <laughs> it was okay. a football play. It was a football play. It was a bad okay. one, but it was a play. Yeah. As of right now, Deron Carter remains a free agent. Are we all done with that one, Charles? Did you go in on that one? No, but there's a little more to. There's not much more that I added. That I'm pretty much on the same boat as everything else. But uh, I'm almost thinking though that if you get a situation where the guy does get knocked out, then they should keep him out for a little bit longer. But I mean, they did what they did. They did the concussion protocol. So, and he passed. And he cleared it. it. He cleared it, but. Personally, to me, watching Johnny Manziel play after, you could tell he was not all there because he he was missing uh, players on relatively easy throws, and I think he only completed two or three passes after that. He did not look right. As far as I thought, he did not look right after that play. Okay. Okay. Okay, let's move on just because we can. 34 minutes left in the show. We've only got two segments left. We're going to have to talk some football. We're going to freelance football talk. That's always the best kind of football talk. Okay, as of right now, Deron Carter remains a free agent. He has drawn interest from a few teams, believed to be four in the beginning with receiver, with a receiver of this talent. Why are not more teams showing interest in obtaining his services? Well, it's down to two because Montreal and BC have said we are not interested at this point in time. I don't know why BC was interested in the first place. I know why Montreal is. They need anything to get them going, but they said, no, we do not want this nightmare in our locker room. Uh, Toronto and who's the other team? Toronto and Hamilton. Toronto and Hamilton right now are, are the uh, two teams that are showing, still showing interest in that. And as Sanchez uh Davis Sanchez says it, uh, Winnipeg should as well. Uh, do we think that Deron Carter is going to get a job for the remaining of this season? Is he going to be a rental player, as Will had suggested earlier, and somebody pick him up and let him play for the last 10 games and, and know that they're going to throw him in the garbage at the end of the season? Or is he just going to sit it out? Is this time in the CFL over? Just... Who else is going to put up with this bullshit? I mean, it was just, it was so intense in Montreal with, with his fight with Vernon Adams and with his fight with, no, it wasn't Vernon Adams. It was the other quarterback. Who was it? Cato. 
Cato, Rakeem Cato, where they, they, they literally got into a fist fight on the sidelines. I, you just, who's going to put up with this bullshit? William, what do you think? Well, you know, okay, we, we saw, we saw the video of the incident with Cato. We saw the, the uh, thing during the game with, with Campbell from Ottawa. Okay. A year ago or two years ago, or whatever it was, um, he's got a couple of drug possession charges for marijuana, and most of you believe most of you believe that's no big thing, and I'm good with that. Uh, I I think because he's such a mouth mouthpiece, and he's always in the media. People get a certain impression of him. And I've seen interviews where guys say that he's a pretty decent guy. He just, you know, he just wanders off sometimes, I guess you could say. So I I would hope that a general manager would call him and talk to him and, and see what he's like. Um. Before they make a decision, rather than listening to the media stuff and the and the stuff we've all heard about, um, I think he's too good of a receiver to lose in the CFL. I think his two best landing spots would be Winnipeg and Toronto. I don't know if he's going to get that opportunity because maybe people have just had enough. And. Uh, you know, I wouldn't take him on Calgary because they don't need him. I, I wouldn't see him on Edmonton because they don't need him. But Winnipeg can use another guy to stretch out the defense. And, you know, I I, I saw an interview with him today, and he's just, he's just not an overly mature guy, even at 27 years old. And you would think that eventually will change, but maybe it will not. It's hard to say. Um, but there's got to be a job for him somewhere in the CFL. If Rob Bag can get a job, so can Deron Carter. And if you take that one step further, I wonder why Saskatchewan wouldn't have went after Bakari Grant if they were going to hire Rob Bag because I think Bakari Grant is a way better receiver than Rob Bag was. So, but that's just my opinion. Go ahead, Charles. Deron Carter. Would you want him on the BC Lions? I don't know. I still think he's a very um a very talented football player. I've always thought he was a very talented football player. The off field the off field stuff um really uh scares the hell out of me because he just he causes too much of a distraction and he seems to do it at the worst times. Um if I could be assured that he would wouldn't be the off field problem that we've seen in other places, yeah, I'd want him there. But the problem is, there's no assurance of that. So I don't know. I I'd, I'd be very skeptical about that. 
As far as why people, uh, all the teams aren't um, aren't jumping over themselves, each other to get to them. Well, first of all, there are teams that simply just don't need receivers. They're fine with the receiving cords. And I think, like I just pointed out, a lot of other uh, teams are just they're scared off by the off-field stuff and the issues he's had in the past. Uh, they don't want to um, bring him into that locker room. I can kind of see parallels between um, between Deron Carter and Arlen Bruce because Arlen Bruce, a lot of time before was also very much um, considered similarly um, uh, trouble off the field, much like Deron Carter was. Boatloads of talent on the field, but issues off the field. And I think we're seeing it again with Deron Carter. Um, I don't think he's done with the CFL, despite what Dave Naylor says. I can't see that. He's too talented of a receiver to be done for good, especially at his age. If he were a little bit older, I might buy that more. Um, I had thought all along that Toronto was a good uh, fit for him. I still think Toronto is a good fit for him, not just because of the makeup of the team, but because um, Carter has history playing for Mark Tressman, and I believe it was Jim Pop that brought Carter to Montreal. So I still think Toronto could be a very likely landing spot, whether it's this year or whether they just teams decide to let him sit, let him stew a little bit, and then bring him back for next year. So uh, I'm interested to see what happens there. Maybe we we have seen a lot. Maybe he emerges in this Alliance of American Football thing they got down south. You never know. But um, I don't know. I don't think I'd want him here not right now anyways. And uh, I still think Toronto is, in my mind, the most uh, viable spot for him. Okay. Chris, what are your thoughts? Drawn Carter, are you done? Um, would you have him on your I, team? I, no, I wouldn't have him on my team. But not so much as Charles has said about the external distractions. I really worry about the internal ones. I think he's death in a locker room. I think he's cancer. And I think that would be my biggest worry. It wasn't, wouldn't be about handling him to the public. It would be about what he would do to my dressing room. Because if it's true that all he does is whine and snubble when he's not getting the ball, and we've seen that behavior and fight with these OCs that aren't throwing it to him, and if he thinks he's God's gift to everything and, and he's better than everybody else, and that's just going to wreck a locker room quick. And, and you've got to think that I had to have a huge deal with it, and that's why Saskatchewan's so in disarray. And... You can have all the talent in the world, but if you, I mean, he's only one player. You have to have 12 players out there working for the same goal. And if you've got one that's just causing that much issues, it's just not worth it. And I don't think necessarily he's done in the CFL. I won't, wouldn't be surprised to see him land in one or two of those teams. Um, just as, because I think there's always going to be a coach that thinks he can change that and thinks that maybe Chris Jones didn't do a good enough job with him or you just you find that all the time where people think that he can do a better job of it. Uh, but if he doesn't find one, I wouldn't be surprised either. But I, I got a gut instinct that he's going to be signed fairly quickly. I don't think he's going to sit very long. And I could be wrong. Like I said, I mean, it makes just as much sense not to bring him in. And I sure wouldn't. But 
you've always got those couple people that maybe think that they can use his, his talents to their advantage without suffering the consequences because they could deal with it better. And Mark Tressman might be one of those guys. And Pop might, you know, they might think that they can make him work in Toronto. So I'm, I'm up on the air whether he's done or not, but I, I definitely would never have anything to do with him. And I, my biggest worry isn't his, isn't the clown show that he brings. It's the, it's the cancer that he would bring into a locker room, and that's just not good for any team. You can't win, no matter how talented you are, if you can't play as a team. And I think he can't play as a. I don't think he's a good teammate. I think he's a horrible teammate. I I look at his antics on the field. I look at how he. I mean, wasn't it his very first play in the CFL? Didn't he get a touchdown and he go over and give the referee a hug? It it, it just. Come on. That was, just, that was Chad Johnson. Was that Chad Johnson? Okay, it was or Chad Ocho Johnson. Cinco, yeah. There's so many different things that this guy does. You know, it, it the goading, the 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 taunting, the the celebrations that just go on and on and on about, you know, a little pass that he's made. And, you know, it's it's all about me. It's about me. And what else have I done? You know what I've done today? This is what I've done. Wow, it's about me. Football's a team sport. I'll guarantee you that he does nothing if the O-line doesn't do their job. I'll guarantee you that he doesn't get to see the field if defense doesn't do their job. So I really don't care about him. I don't care. I, you know, the, this, there's been some amazing, talented football players in the CFL that have made some absolutely stupid choices. Roy Finch comes to mind recently. Okay? I don't care how talented you are. If you don't have your shit together, you you don't deserve to play football. It's an honor to play football at this level. Okay? It, It is an absolute honor. I wish I had that ability. Chris, you were a very fortunate man. He's wasting it. He could be in the NFL. He does have the talent to play there. He just can't get his head into the game. And, you know, when I get taken to task on a lot of things, because Will and myself are are very similar in the fact that our mouths usually get us in a lot of trouble, and we do a few things that we shouldn't do. And, you know, at a certain point in time, you have to sit back and and just say, you know what, I'm just going to sit here and do what I'm supposed to do and keep my mouth shut. And just carry on. Is it because Deron Carter's 27 years old and he hasn't learned to do that yet? Is that the problem? Because I, I don't know. Because every once in a while, when your world is completely crumbling around you, I mean, he's been in how many football teams now? Three? Four? You have to turn around and say, you know what? It might be my attitude. It might be my mouth. It might be something I'm doing wrong here. And then just say, you know what? I'm going to put my nose to the grindstone. And take the position Johnny Manziel's done. This man has been around the block. He's done some absolutely stupid things in his life. His career was shot down in flames. And then he comes into the CFL and he gives the interviews 
the humble interviews that every one of us turned around and said, huh, huh, would never have expected that coming from him. And whether it was bullshit or not, we don't know. But so far, his actions follow the, his words. And Johnny Manziel's not being the, it's not the clown show that we all expected it to be. He's actually an impressive quarterback, and he could do very well in this league. Deron Carter is a talented receiver, and he could do very well in this league, but not with his attitude. He's got to sit down, take a look in the mirror, and go, you know what? If I want to continue with my football career in the CFL, in the NFL, anywhere, I have to change my beliefs. I have to change the way I have to change my actions. He's not there yet. Because he doesn't believe he did anything wrong. And when you're in denial, you never succeed. You can never move forward. And I'm not giving him any 12-step program here. I'm just saying you you can't be in denial. Do I think he's done in the CFL? I hope so. I really do. I don't think the CFL needs him. He needs the CFL more than the CFL needs him. So I hope he's done. Unless If he cannot change his attitude, I do hope he's done. But if he wants to come back, ask for forgiveness, humble himself, and come back and play some meaningful football, I'm all for it. He's a talented man. But I have not seen one ounce of that from him yet. And until that happens, I don't want to see him on my field anymore. I'm done with him. We've talked too much about him on this podcast. We don't talk about half the receivers in this league who are as good or not better. Manny, S.J. Green, uh, Darrell Walker. We don't have conversations about them and their antics on or off the field. Do we? Anybody? Can you think of a receiver that we talk about? Will, anybody? No. Do we talk about anybody else? I don't think so. I'm done with them. Moving on. Strange (laughs) moves continue to come out of Saskatchewan as the Riders have signed receiver Rob Bag. But let Bakari Grant go. Good point, Will. To the team, just a few Should have signed Nick Lewis. Should have signed Nick Lewis. Hell yeah. Saskatchewan has the Riders signed Rob Bag back to the team just a few months after Chris Jones intimated he was released because he was too old. And this is a is this a move to appease fans still angry about the release of Deron Carter? Okay. Yes. <laughs> Isn't it obvious? Chris Jones wants to keep his job. The hypocrisy in Ryderville is massive. Rob Bag is released because he's too old. He's lost a step and game. Quote, unquote, Chris Jones. Now he's saying that Rob Bag was injured 
in training camp, and now his injury is he's healthy, and now so the riders want him back. How does he stand in front of the microphone and lie to us like that? That's you know it reminds me a lot of Ken Austin. Ken Austin used to do that. He used to talk to the media, give a press conference, and bold-faced lie to everybody. And I called him on it I don't know how many times, especially around Brandon Banks and his party that he went to instead of going to training camp. No, I, Chris Jones is, is so similar to Kent Austin, and I wish they'd both leave the CFL. I guess. And it comes back to the inmates running the asylum. How do you make a move bringing Rob Beggs back because the fans want you, you're trying to appease the fans? Because Will's right. That's exactly what he did. He brought Rob Beggs back because everybody was mad Deron Carter was released. So Chris Jones had to appease the inmates because the asylum is out of control. And it goes back to my conversation a little while ago. Is you cannot have a community-owned team that it does not have its autonomy from the fans. It has to be. You cannot have the fans running the team. For the most part, they're idiots. Okay? If they were great football managers, they would be football managers. They're not. They're fans with a podium. That's all I am. I'm a fan with a podium. Do I expect Wally Buono to make changes on his football team based on what I believe? No. I'm, uh, I'm pretty sure I could run a team into the ground. <laughs> I, you know what? I don't think I would be as bad as um, Matt Dunnigan. Yeah, well, he wasn't a manager. He was a, he, was a, he was a coach. So. A coach. I, yeah. I thought he was both. Was he not? No, he was not both. I'm sure he wasn't both. I don't know. I, 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 I don't know about that one. I thought he was both a coach and GM, but maybe I'm wrong. I have to Google that now. Yeah, I'm doing that right now. Uh, as a player. Yeah, he was just a head. Oh, no, he's head coach and GM in Calgary in 2004. That's what I thought. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just, oh, God. You can't let the fans make the decisions. Will, do you have anything more to add? You're going to run the team into the ground? You know, you know. You think you could do it faster than Chris a- Jones? After, after you just told me that, GM and coach, yeah, I wouldn't even do that bad of a job. Okay? Because it was, it was. It was ridiculous here that year, okay? And how, whoever thought, and he had no coaching experience and he had no management experience whatsoever. No. How the hell they did that is beyond me, okay? He he was a TV analyst. Uh, Was he even a TV analyst before that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Calgary Stampeders lured Dunnigan away from PSN and hired him to be the general manager and coach. Oh, my God. But, on the other hand... Who thought that was a good idea? On the other hand, there is a good 
there's a silver lining to every cloud. He did discover Nick Lewis. Okay? He brought Nick Lewis in to Calgary. So that was a pretty good move. He didn't he didn't practice goal line football. <laughs> that was a pretty bad move. Um uh, you see I, I don't remember a lot of that year because I, I think when a year is that bad, you just blank it out, okay? And I think I've completely blanked it out. So, um, but yeah, no, you don't get the inmates to run the asylum in any situation. And, you know, I mean, Christopher, you were saying earlier about, you know, community-based teams. I don't necessarily know if it's community-based teams. I I personally think it's teams that hold on to their management and the coach their coaches you look at i mean what year was matt dunnigan the gm and general manager or gm and coach uh, i believe 2004 okay so we've probably had 14 years now of steady management okay because i think after him that's when they brought i don't know who they brought in but i would assume it's huffnagel as the coach yeah i believe that and uh what's his name yeah so you know, and you look wasn't, at. Was, uh, sorry, wasn't it Higgins? I think they brought in Higgins first. Yeah, it could have been. Could have Maybe. been. And then they gave him the bum rush when Alfneville became available. Yeah. Right. You're right about that. Yeah, but, sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's okay. No, no, you're right. But, I mean, he, he, he and, got and you look at you look at you look at BC's success. How long has Wally been there now? Okay. Oh, since 2000. Right. And 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 so on and so forth. So you know, I think these other teams don't hold on to their guys. I mean, to this day, and and you guys will be amazed at this. I'm I'm still shocked that Cal Murphy lost his job in Winnipeg. Okay. Yeah, and who did they bring tradition. in? Um, I Mike Riley so, wasn't it? No, it's been so long I can't remember. Mike Riley eventually came back. I thought he and, was right after Cal Murphy. I don't think he was right after Cal Murphy because there was a couple of real bad years. But, you know, it's consistent management. And and I and I do believe you have to give a guy a chance to build an organization. And I personally don't think you can do that in two or three years. I mean, as much as you want to say things about Winnipeg, I think Mike Shea, Mike O'Shea is going to done a good job that way. Um, are they going to let him hold on to his job a lot long oh, for a while? I hope so. You look at Chris Jones. I think Chris Jones is on his way out. He's done. At the end of the season. If, they, if they have a – no, it's not. He signed an extension last year. Yeah. Another year, I thought. So I'm I'm thinking if they have a losing record, which it's looking like they're gonna have, you know, will 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 the farmers be out with the pitchforks, wanting to get rid of them? And then who do they bring in? I mean, you know, that's part of it. I think you need strong management. So there you go. Yeah. 
Okay. Who who wants to add to this? Chris, did you, did you run around on this one? No, you haven't. I can't remember if I did or not. I haven't? You sure? No. Hmm. Let's uh, start well, talking. Tough. We'll see if we've heard it before. Okay. Well, I mean, I you know what? The only thing I have to add is I'm absolutely amazed that Rob Bag didn't tell him to go stuff pounce down sand. Because I would have. I mean, I understand he loves, he wants to play, and maybe that's what it was. But, man, if Saskatchewan called me back after that, and then Chris Jones was still there, I'd tell him to go pound sand. <laughs> but that's what surprised me about this. Yeah. But, you know, you can't blame a guy for holding on to his dream. No, you can't. No, and that, and that's what I mean. I, I, I just think that, yeah. It, yeah, you're right. I mean, I I, I agree with that. I, I mean, it makes more sense to come back and keep playing football no matter what, just because you want to play no matter what. Just too bad. But, it would have been nice if he could have told him to go pound sand. But, you know, it goes back to what Willie said. Rob Bag didn't get picked up by any other team in the CFL. Chris Jones wasn't wrong. Okay, if if Rob Bag was a spectacular receiver and had a lot more to give, then somebody would have picked him up. No, that's true. That's true. You don't look at look at Alan Pitts. Out, yeah, you don't, you don't leave talented receivers out there hanging in the wind. No, no, no. He would have definitely, obviously, had no other offers. Yeah, so he's been sitting at home watching games on TV. Okay. And so when Chris Jones phones him up, he goes, whoa, somebody wants me to play football. I'm, I got strapped the pads on. Can't blame him for that. I cannot blame him for that. But Chris Jones, the hypocrisy of Chris Jones re-signing Rob Bag, who he said was done, who the league had agreed was done in football, to bring him back for the sole purpose of appeasing the fans because he fired Deron Carter. This is not because he needs a talented receiver because there are many talented receivers out there that aren't 42 years old. Mm-hmm. And not that Rob Banks is 42 years old, but you know what I'm talking about? He's an old man in, in, in football say, Is Rob Bag 42 years old? I don't no, think he's so. not. No, he's not. Rob Bag is 33. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he is a Canadian. So that he has that up under Ron Carter. But he's 33 years old. I don't know. Charles, what do you got on this one? Well, first, just to uh, uh, correct a point of contention earlier, uh, um, uh, Mike Riley was the one that replaced um, Cal Murphy in Winnipeg. I just looked it up. Um, Did uh, Rob Bag find the fountain of youth all of a sudden? Because he was too old uh, a couple of uh, months ago, but now all of a sudden he's good to go. 
Um, and I don't find people saying, oh, well, he was injured, I was injured. Okay, he was injured. Okay, well, if Rob Bag was injured but Chris Jones still wanted him, put him on the injured list. That's what the injured list is for. But no, they released him. Um, they did not um, re-sign him. They, and uh, when asked about it, Chris Jones specifically said, it's a young man's game. So that's telling me that he thought he was too old. Uh, it seems to be what he was saying there. So um, for all this uh, he was injured nonsense, uh, it's a convenient um, excuse, but I'm sorry, I'm not buying it. Um, I just think that um, it makes no sense. I think that, quite frankly, um, I believe that uh, this is a move to kind of curb some of the ba- bad press that Jones is getting from releasing Deron Carter. A, a lot of these fans in in um, Saskatchewan are still upset. They're not happy with Deron Carter being released. And quite frankly, they want him... They they wanted, they didn't want him to leave, and this is a move to appease some of those fans. So I'm not going to go on too long because I know we're almost out of time. So um, I think this is more a PR move by Jones than anything else. I I really do. Yeah, without question. Okay, I've ranted on this enough. Will, did you have a chance? Yeah, I went. Yeah, it was your your idea that this was a PR move. And uh, you're 100% accurate. Everybody agrees with you on that one. Okay, where are we in the show? We got two minutes and 18 seconds left in the show. Well, we might as well just wrap this one up, give some shout-outs, and uh, go from there, eh? Uh, So this has been Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 272. I've been your host, Christopher Jones, and I think this has been a great show. We've gone all over the place and got to talk about a whole pile of things. I want to give a shout out to a wonderful lady, Arlene Stewart Irving. Uh, she's the uh, customer service manager for the BC Lions. Sweetheart, she goes above and beyond for everybody in that organization and for all of the fans. And I just want to give Arlene a shout out just because, uh, you know what, she deserves it. Agreed. Okay, Charles, Very you nice. want to say goodnight? Do uh, good night? Do something about night, it. Folks, um, yeah. yeah, good night, folks. Uh, thanks for listening. Enjoy uh, all the games. We get four games again this week, and uh, we'll talk to you on Sunday night. Okay, we're not in a rush for time. Chris, say good night. Well, good night, everybody. Uh, sorry for being late again. I was on the road for work, and uh, every time I try to call in on the on the road, it drops me every time. Every five minutes, it drops me off. So. Uh, I still live in the part of the country where cellular coverage isn't that great. So, but have a good uh, weekend or we less of the rest of the week watching football. I think they're all going to be really good games, except for maybe one, which we all know which one it is going to be. If you're an Edmonton fan, enjoy that game. <laughs> good night. Yeah. Okay, Charles or Chris, don't ever apologize for not being able to come onto the show. We 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 appreciate your you you being here. William, it's up to you, my friend. Well, okay, good night, everybody. Watch football this weekend. And I got a feeling the fans in Saskatchewan are going to be real, real quiet on Sunday because it's not even going to be close. And uh, one last thing, go Owls. Go Owls. Yeah, right. Actually,
Let's go they Ottawa. They need all the support they can get this week. 